Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good afternoon and welcome to Women Lead Radio brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I am John Burroughs of Finance of America and this radio show today is entitled Your Fiscal Fitness and our topic today is Surviving COVID. And our leading lady is no stranger to anybody listening out there. It is our own Michelle Bergenquist, founder, CEO of Connected Women of Influence. And good afternoon, Michelle, and how are we doing today? Pretty good. I'm surviving, John. That's the topic of our show today. I'm surviving COVID. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, when you and I were talking about the plans for today's show, um, I came up with this idea here, uh, and of course, it's it's no secret for anybody listening. If you are self-employed or have any business, you're an entrepreneur. You know, COVID hit most of us pretty hard. The last few years have been a real lesson in how to get by when you know circumstances beyond everybody's control deal us, you know, a, a pretty pretty tough hand to work with. So. We thought collectively, uh, sharing strategies for survival and how we weathered the storm and what, you know, what did we learn in the process and how do we plan to maintain business if we indeed are back on your feet or getting close to it, you know, how to maintain that momentum we need to keep moving forward, implementing strategies and uh, different issues along those lines. Now, one of the first things that came up to, and I, I would definitely need your input on this because I know you know the importance of maintaining connectivity with your clients. So we'll just approach this from the standpoint of everybody's, I don't care if you're selling widgets or you're running a corporation like you do that's based upon member participation and such. So that importance of maintaining connectivity is in my business uh, with my clients. But what are the techniques or, or processes you went through just to do exactly that, try to maintain some continuity there, Michelle. Yeah, it's like bringing me all back to 2020, you know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, my God, yeah, we did. I mean, it was interesting, and and I know now it's it's very different than even when we started to go through COVID, but that maintaining connectivity was, you know, we got the word to shut down in May 13th, I think it was, and immediately the next week we were like, we had a powwow with, you know, the team talked to a couple of our members and, and knew that the importance here of what was going on, even though it was freaking everybody out, was, hey, we can't have meetings and events in person, right, which is the hallmark of what we're all about as an association and a professional mm-hmm. community. So our maintaining connectivity was to have something that was literally a virtual Zoom meeting every single week. I mean, from the point of when we had to lock down and stay in the house, we had 
definitely a coffee connections meeting with our members. There was an email to the members. There were texts that were going out, you know, come join us. Let's talk about this. It's like we had happy hours, which I really don't ever want to go back to again, you know, in home offices. But, and then we had, you know, conversations and discussions and that kept our membership extremely active. It's like members knew, hey, we're, we pivoted, which I still hate this, that word to this day, but that connectivity of we're all kind of going through something that we've never gone through before was extremely beneficial to us. I mean, I know our members, you know, said to me, my God, Michelle, it's like there was so much to do, you know, and we felt very connected to each other. But then go to 2020, 2021, and it's like all of a sudden nobody loves Zoom anymore but yet people still aren't coming out. We started having in-person meetings, but what we did to be able to maintain that connectivity was, you know, kind of blow up a little bit and do more of the, we're going to have in-person luncheons that are outdoors. It's like we, you know, put on our Sue Talks events, knowing that not everybody's going to show up and come because some people were comfortable to come, some not, you know, when we also had our virtual meetings as well. So we had to go to not either or, but and. And then now it's like it's a whole different ballgame because you can't take one or the other off. Um, but that's really how we kind of maintained, you know, and I, I talked to members individually, asked them how they were doing, you know, as this, this, this thing kept longer and longer going on, you know, stuff rose downhill. And it's like when you look at the economy right now, you know, members are having a, there's members that are thriving and there's members that have businesses like us that, you know, the whole landscape has changed for the meeting and the event industry. So we're, we're in definitely a, you know, a changing landscape, but I think we did a really good job of connecting and staying in touch with our, with our community and with our members. And, you know, at least they told me that and they stuck around. So those are the good things of those that did. Well, you're you're definitely be uh, uh, commended or complimented on your efforts because they did not go unnoticed. And it certainly, you know, was a integral part of the whole survival. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I got so zoomed out with just everyday, ordinary things that, you know, I myself too found resistant. Just um, I was tired. I was done with it. But I yeah. think the fact that you were uh, flexible in your approach that, um, you know, it speaks volumes about your tenacity or uh, perseverance, I think, is the best word uh, to go on uh, with that. And, and I, too, found that very, very important, that, you know, maintaining, maintaining the connectivity. And, of course, that happens uh, in a lot of different ways here. Um, I would assume, and, now, and I know you've already touched on it to some extent, but, you know, massaging your database in, in different ways. I mean, you had to reinvent some new ways, and indeed um, – what are the probably the most uh, the items that stand out foremost in your mind about what you had to come up with in a new way of doing things, uh, you know, a, a new mousetrap, or uh, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, this is one of my best questions that I'm excited you out you're asking me because honestly, you know, and, and I know you were talking about like, did you mail stuff? Like, I feel like we should have mailed members things like we didn't you know what I mean one of the things that we found most difficult just from the database standpoint is when we did our women of influence awards and it was in a virtual sense in 2020 and then we had a hybrid both in person and broadcast nationally in 2021 and some of our award winners and some of our finalists they had to be mailed physically mailed 
their trophies or their finalist gifts. And that was so problematic for us because we really never mailed anything to anybody for years. It was if you come to the meetings or the events, you get stuff, swag, all that, you know, people come in person. So that was really, I was surprised how difficult that was for us. We got incorrect addresses from people. We had returns that we shouldn't have had that we had to, you know, kind of like navigate. But that was one thing that was a real aha to me that it's like, you know, we, we navigated so much to just email marketing and then we added um, texting, you know, blast texting as a component to how we communicate with members. And that's been very well received that members love to get the reminder text, you know, for events, less and less people are reading the emails because we're just so, you know, overloaded with, with that. And then I think, you know, the other parts for us too, just on the database part was I, you know, kept track of members that weren't coming to things throughout the last two years and even into this year. And if I didn't see them for a couple of months or, you know, we hadn't interacted, then I was calling just old school phone calling them and saying, how are you? What's going on? You know, is there anything we can do? And, you know, not, that was really personal to me because I felt like that's where, you know, I, we were trying to meet members where they are. You know, you can't always get that of what's going on because things were so different for every one of our members. You know, some, like I said, some members were so busy, like you. I mean, you're an example. You were so busy. You didn't even have time during COVID because of what was going on with the mortgage industry. You could barely see what was in front of your face. You were so busy, right? Well, there were other members that they were like, man, it's like they had crickets. You know, their portfolio, their business, I mean, totally gone, because people weren't spending and they were holding up their money and, and their cash. So I think it was just so different for every member, including us. Like we were frustrated because we put a lot of energy and finances and resources into learning how to broadcast over a, a virtual platform and to know that hybrid events are going to be here to stay. I think those things were what were huge, you know, up levels for us. But also, like I said, the fa- the funny part was just the, the U.S. mail and being so frustrated over having to mail people their trophies and their and their finalist gifts for our awards. It was it was like, oh, we got to pay attention to this because, you know, they came back and people had given us incorrect addresses. So that was frustrating. But anyway, I hope that answers your question. It, it does indeed, and I have to um, back that up too to say that you know during the time where a lot of my business can be done face to face, well with meetings and such gone, I too was trying to figure out how am I going to get in front of these people. We're also in, inundated with Zoom meetings and emails and blogs and this and that. So one of the things I turned to is I had a reprint from uh, San Diego Magazine where I had won an award over the past few years, but I get a reprint, uh, eight and a half by 11 reprint. I literally, probably one of the best things I could have done was get out my database, a book of all the professionals, estate planning attorneys and realtors and such, and it definitely I was tooting my own horn, but sticking that in the mail with a stamp on it and handwriting the address on there was, to me, I got more feedback from that using the U.S. mail, so I was kind of shocked about that. So, yeah, yeah, it worked. And and we're at a point in our show, folks, where I have to give credit where it's due to our sponsors. So we're going to pause <laughs> for a second here to let you know that Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. 
Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good and are working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a force for good and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in, in big and small ways. So thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all our sponsors and partners. And now back to the show with Michelle Bergquist, our leading lady. So um, the nature of consistent marketing, and I think that was one of the main themes I wanted to have you address today too, because uh, it's one thing to send out a flurry of activity and hopes that people recognize, oh, I haven't heard from her or him or them for so long, and then all of a sudden, you know, here I get this one desperation or call for help or cry for help. But <laughs> in your mind, the benefits, the consistency, and how you go about that, you know, fill in the blanks there for us. Yeah, I mean, I think this will be a twist in what you think I'm going to answer. But, you know, of all the, I would, I will say, this frustrating and, you know, question of what you should do as a business owner during COVID, one of the beautiful things that happened from COVID for us, for our association and CWI, was that the consistent marketing allowed us, John, to be able to really expand into a national platform. I know a lot of groups and organizations that did that. But we, I mean, for years I've been, you know, I've been on LinkedIn and, you know, we, I'm a, freak about our database where it's like we put connections in the database, we organize them. And when we went outside of Southern California to market CWI, we were prepared for it, believe it or not, during COVID. And so we started inviting fascinating women from different states and different places um, in the month of, of April when COVID hit. And oh my God, these women were so interesting, not from Southern California, Members really lit up about it because you come to a Zoom meeting, you might meet a woman from New York, New Jersey, South Carolina, Colorado, Northern California, and then, you know, even from Canada. And some of those, I have no idea how they found us, but we were marketing on, you know, posting on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. So I think that was a real uh, kind of turning point for us to see that we could use social media in a way to be able to invite and kind of vet people that we were excited about because we're an invitation-only association was to get people excited about coming onto a Zoom meeting to interact with our members. They loved meeting new women. We loved having fresh faces that were on our Zoom meetings. And it was a really great way that we came up with a national membership. And so now we've got members in Canada, so we're international. And it's like freaky to me in my head to think that that's what we are because I can't even get my arms around you know, that we're, we were national, and, and somebody had said, Michelle, you got to go global. And I was like, I can't get my arms around that, but we are now. And so that was really one of the most amazing things for us is that people would want to know about us, you know, during COVID. And those members, you know, most of the national members are still around because they they see the value of, of what CWI is all about. So that was one of our huge wins during COVID and wow. coming out of COVID. So now you've got me really intrigued. All right, uh, I'm going to have to make you, or I'm going to make you pick uh, what, in your mind, the most outstanding individual or company or individuals, where they were from, what made them so unique. So, what individual just sticks out in your mind is a, is a you know, huge example of what you just described. 
You mean like a, a new member that could just came to us yeah. that we would have never had? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, okay, one. I have to pick one. Jeez, you're making this tough. You know, I, yeah. I, I can't answer just one, but the first one that comes to mind is a member that came to us, and she's a corporate career uh, executive, and she's in the state of Texas. It was our first member from Texas. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, and she heard about us because somehow her and I were connected on LinkedIn, you know, and we got her to come visit us, and she was super excited about what we were all about. But I was also, I have to say, and I know you said one, but I don't follow the rules, was when we got our first Canadian, you know, uh, guest that visited us. And she was in a transition from working from one uh, one startup to another, and so she was excited about us, and she joined CWI. And I was just like, oh, my God, these women are so interesting you know, I would have never been able to reach, but, you know, we've met on Zoom and we've never seen each other in person. And, you know, those those members are fairly active and they've been doing a lot of engagement, you know, among CWI and our other members. So that was total win. Interesting. Interesting indeed. So you really are international. I know you've said that some we have listeners that are from different continents as well. Yeah, um, right. How far does this show reach out there? Oh my gosh, we've got members in the or excuse me, listeners in the UK. We've got listeners in Korea, South Korea. We've got listeners that are in Australia and Canada and Mexico. I mean, it's cra- and I think there's like a teeny teeny percentage that are like Japan and China. I mean, our statistics are really low there, but it's just amazing to see those statistics of where people are are listening to us and finding us. Interesting stuff. So one of the things that I put on my notes to to check in with you today, something that I call that I got from one of my professional coaches from a few years back who to this day is uh, still a friend, we called them critical success factors. I know you have a list of things um, or things that you do, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, whatever, but making the list, what works for me with this process is making the list and work it in an accountable way. So it's either myself, I have it in writing, it's on a whiteboard that I have to stare at in my office, (laughs) but either having my assistant keep me on track, or back in the day my coach would keep me on track, but this is a very, very specific methodology. What equivalent in your business and in your line and how you organize, uh, what did you call it, uh, and exactly how does that work for you? Yeah, I mean, I love what you were sharing with me about what yours is because I, I haven't heard of that many before, but I call mine high payoff activities. I learned it a long time ago that, you know, in your work week, right, Of which is never eight hours a day, so funny, because we live, eat, breathe, and obsess about our businesses. But I think my high high payoff activities are always in kind of like these buckets, which are really about how you run a small business, right? There needs to be, mm-hmm. I call it team time, which is how often I interact and make sure I'm kind of like keeping in check and conversation with, with our CWI staff and team. So there's that. Um, there's the, you know, making sure I focus on member development and then member retention, because retention is just as important as development. And then also sponsor retention. I, I have to say in the last two and a half years, I really haven't been able to make the time to be able to focus on sponsor development because literally for us in the last two years, it was, you know, keep the band together and the community together of what we have. It was, 
you know, uh, the national growth that we focused on. And now it's like we're trying to focus on, you know, both, which is, which is a little bit challenging, but it's okay. And then the other one is, you know, making sure I keep my footprint <laughs> monthly about the financial wherewithal of CWI. So mine are more like big buckets of high payoff activities, mm-hmm. but I like yours and I can't wait to share more stories about it because I want to learn more about what yours is and how you keep it up on a board. Because for mine, it's more of evaluating each week, not necessarily a day. But what I don't have in mind, John, is I don't have anything about just you know, Michelle's personal care, like, you know, exercising and, you know, taking a little bit of mind time and not working so much. So I need to improve on that for sure. Well, and and that was one of the things that I got from my coach. So these are not my ideas, folks. I'm not taking credit. But one <laughs> of the things was balance in your life, and it's exactly what you just hit on. You hit the nail on the head. It wasn't just about things that are producing money all the time, but it was balancing out, you know, the mind, the body, the spirit, and all of that. And I'm going to pick from my list, which I literally have on a whiteboard, where I have one column is the goals, whether it be weekly, daily, monthly, or whatever, annually. Uh, so I have the goals written down, and I have a little check mark that I can erase each week, and it says done. Did I do? Did I hit the goal? And if I didn't, did I get two out of three done? So I'm going to give you some of the off-the-wall uh, ideas that I have. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, one of them, and, and I'll go right down. The, these are the personal ones. Uh, aside from doing things like making appointments, setting appointments, getting applications in the door, you know, tangible dollar making activities but one of the things that was on there was volunteer work you know and oh, I like how often one. I wanted to do like you know monthly I had on there and then it was another one was date night now in my <laughs> case that's kind of tough because I don't have anybody I date but all that being said I suppose it could be a date with myself you know or <laughs> I'm going to a baseball game tomorrow night with one of my best friends so you know it's dude's night out. Um, you know, and of course, there the, you go. the walk, the ride my bike, the, you know, going for a swim, the things I like to do, and reading books was on the list. You know, and how much money did I save in the savings account uh, on a weekly or monthly basis? So it, it, here's one of my favorite goals. It says golf twice a month. You know, did I make that goal? So those are things to keep the balance you know, along with making presentations and doing daily reaches and, you know, marketing and massaging your database, et cetera. So that gives you an idea of things that I do that uh, kind of make me uh, not only obligated to the business side of things, but obligated to my other growth and mental health there, too. So I'm I sure like that. I took some notes. You're going to come some notes. up with I'm like. Yeah, I got to focus on the personal. There's imbalance in my in my world, but that was great. I, I got some good ideas there, so thank you. Yeah, and post presentations, um, you know things things that I like to do that which are writing or speaking and such. Of course, you know me. I flap my gums on the radio every week on my own show <laughs> about financial stuff. So, um, and I think one of the other things that are part of this list that go hand in hand with my critical success factors is quite literally visualizing my goals, you know, and sharing those, whether it be with your coach or your mentor or your boss. Uh, And I have what I call a vision board on the back door of my office. I don't know if you've been to this office. 
next I move, but I on have. the back door are all these goals and these wants and wishes, and they're all plastered or taped to the door that are literally, literally a visualization. That's not an easy word to say, particularly uh-huh. on the radio, but uh-huh. things that I want to accomplish or have or that I'm proud of or reminders of things of that nature. Do you have the, something similar, or how do you see the activities or see the goals? Do you do anything to visualize your goals and activities? Yes, I do. And, you know, it was because of, and I know you know her, one of our members years ago, I'd always heard of doing vision boards, but I'd never done them. I mean, this was probably nine, ten years ago, and Windus. Fernandez Brinkord is the one that oh, yeah. introduced me to, she would do like a, almost like a party at her office that we would come in and she got all the magazines out and stuff like that. And I loved it, but I, I never found the kind of picture that I like. And, and just so you know, I'm a very visual person, so I love pretty pictures and, and doing a vision board. It's been so wonderful for so many years that now I go, I use images and I put a vision board together and I keep it in a digital sense. So I can go look at mine. I have copies of my past vision boards that are in my, you know, in the cloud that are on my phone that I can go look at and just see how amazing it's been when you put it out there. But something that changed for me during COVID was there was a book I read called The 12-Week Year. I um, can't remember the author's name, but a really good book. And it focused on how many of us actually put such goals that are you know, great in front of us as big, hairy, audacious goals, but then achieving them are always difficult. And one of his suggestions, which we've been living by for the last few years, is to break up the year. And so I'm doing quarterly vision boards, which means the the goals and the objectives are more from a quarterly standpoint. And literally through COVID, we had to do it because we could make, we could do no planning. Everything was changing, whether we could do a meeting or event inside, not outside, wear masks, not. And I found that to be super valuable that I'm not thinking of the whole year. I'm just thinking, how do I get through the end of September to meet our goals for business? And I need to add the personal into it. And then fourth quarter is almost like another year. It's really changed things for for me. So I I encourage anybody of our listeners just to make sure and look at quarterly goals because it really does change things. And I have a vision board for that. Wow, that's great. And, of course, as we all know, as cliche as it is, goals need to be SMART. That's the acronym, right? They need right. to be specific, right. measurable, attainable, key, relevant, and time-bound. So when you do those goals at quarterly, I do the same thing similarly. I get my business plan set up. Um, I have my business plan set up for the, till I, well, for the next four and a half years, uh, which is a potential retirement age for me. But also I do them every quarter because I kind of figure I my fourth quarter of every year is, is done very specifically planning for 2023. So I make my big marketing push at the end of every year. Now I'm in an industry where when the holidays roll around, I think they roll up the sidewalks and everybody decorates their house and their office and they forget about going to work. Well, I do the opposite. I bust myself as hard as possible right up until uh, New Year's Eve, pretty much, uh, in December wow. 2022. So the quarterly goals, I, I, I'm right on board with you. I think it's, that's a critical part of it. Um, <clears throat> I had one other question here that was, oh, setting aside time, time blocks. Do you do that? Because I have a habit I have, but 
for you specifically, when it comes down to literally reaching out, well, I mean physically getting on the phone, old-fashioned calling of folks, do you ever do time blocks of nature or have that as a set-aside for yourself? So I'm going to admit this and go, you know what, I need to do that. I mean, I time block in a way that says I live and die by my calendar. If it's not on my calendar as an appointment, which I, I have one of those online booking calendars that I don't know whoever came up with the most ingenious way to book time to converse with people, but I have a um, an online booking calendar that I love it. I mean, it's taken away, you know, going back and forth with people to try to book time on the calendar. I think what you know, and that works really well. And I block things out. It's like people can book time on my calendar and that is making me available for people that want to schedule time and vice versa. So I don't have to go back and forth, but blocking time to do like calls or things like that. I think I look at every day and then I block time, but I need to do it more from a, a beginning of the week. So I'm more organized. Like if it's an event that we have or a meeting and I know I'm going to be out of the office for the day, then I'm out with no phone calls, just focused on where I need to go or that kind of thing. But I, I need to be better about time blocking. So I'll take any advice you have, John, on how you do that. Cause I, well, I need to improve on that. Yeah. And it actually is pretty simple when I realized my database hadn't been uh, over, overlooked or hadn't been worked properly in quite some time. Um, what I ended up doing was just saying, okay, from this time to this time, whether it's daily or three days a week, I say from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. every single day, I'm going to spend one hour. And if one call turns into an hour long, it must have been a really good conversation, so I'm not going to beat myself up. It's not about numbers. It's about connectivity again and setting aside mm -hmm. uh, time to make phone calls to make sure everything's up to speed and discuss things, everything with my client or past client, everything but my work. I make the call 100% about them. I talk about their family, how their occupation's going, what are they doing for recreation, and is there anything I can do to help them uh, make their business work better. So, um, golly, these like time that. on these these times fly right by. So we're getting coming down. <laughs> only got about a minute left in the show, so I have to do a script off. Give us your departing words, your words of wisdom from Michelle Bergquist, our leading lady here, and uh, give us your final words of wisdom for today's show. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay, here it is. Because I know you said the beginning of the show is that we were talking about surviving COVID. And, and I am in a, a mindset now that it's about thriving past COVID, right? And, and things are so different, John, like how business is done, how people are just in their minds and everything like that. And I think, you know, the, the thing for me is what we've been willing to do and that it's hard, you know, it's hard because business is not the same way it was before COVID. It's just not. And I see, I see individuals that really struggle that they don't want to be on zoom. I get it, but that's, you know, that's here and now, and that's how people do, do some things, not everything. You know, some people are still not wanting to get out and meet with people and others are, you know, really comfortable with it and only want that. But I think the thing that I've learned the most over the last two and a half years that I even have a big sign on my wall that says every day I need to think of the spa. And what I mean by the spa is that I have to look at how do I shift, how do I pivot, which I hate that word, how do I shift, how do I pivot, and how do I adapt. And that is what keeps me going, and that's what I would recommend to everybody right now because things are just different and they continue. 
to be different. So shift, pivot, adapt, and go to the spa. Those are my two cents for everybody. Outstanding. And, folks, that's our show for today. I'd like to say thank you again to Michelle Birdquist for being our leading lady and a special thanks to all our listeners, both in the U.S. and international, as we are on an international show. After our show today, you can listen to Women Lead Radio on subscription podcasts, specifically Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. We're expanding fast to a daily radio show, and for now, we'll be back Again, for another Women Leave radio show, Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. It's been my pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening, and have a great week. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.